The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. You were listening to the Monday edition of The Viewpoint. My name is Oliver Dixon, standing in for Songya Zomabekla this evening. Uh, the Human Science Research Council Center for Science and Technology, Science, Technology and Innovation Indicators will be hosting a policy dialogue on research and development and innovation in South African state-owned enterprises. I needed to remind myself that those departments actually do exist in SOEs. And the outcomes of the research uh, was titled R&D and Innovation in South African SOEs, Trends, Case Studies, and Indicators. It looked at academic literature and interrogated evidence from in-depth case study research with three SOEs, Sonedi, ATNS, and SAFCOL. Uh, for the financial years 2019-2020. Uh, the Human Science Research Council said that its researchers have identified five dimensions key to effective research and development and innovation and are gearing, uh, that are gearing these SOEs. Those dimensions include human capabilities, technology capabilities, networks, research infrastructure, and governance. We speak to one of the researchers from the HSRC, to help us unpack and understand better the research findings and their impact. Uh, Dr. Nazim Mustafa. Nazim, thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Um, maybe let's start here. What was, what was the research trying to establish? Good evening, and thank you for the opportunity, first of all, to talk to you and your audience. And I think the best place to start, really, is that the DST well, the DSI now, but the Department of Science and Technology had been looking at SOEs for many years, and there were some initial indications that perhaps the SOEs are not um, performing uh, to the levels of uh, performance that they had always done in previous times. And this uh, became quite uh, substantial and, and radical uh, after the uh, crisis, the mortgage crisis, which was the international um, uh, well, recession, really, that uh, shook the world. Yeah. And I think that was really the kickstart of the process. And our intention is to look at how could SOEs be uh, geared, because uh, that's a good word to use, to be able to do innovation as part of the regular business practices and to become an area of regeneration for the economy and also an area where skills can be developed and capabilities built in general. Yeah. I would imagine that we would expect, for instance, ESCOM to be an innovation leader in energy production, green energy, um, and uh, perhaps even uh, the future of of, of renewable energy, right? Uh, we would expect them to be global leaders in that innovation space. We would expect, for instance, Rand Water to be innovation leaders in uh, water preservation, water purification, uh, and water security, um, and new, introducing new technologies into that ecosystem. We'd expect, for instance, SAA to be an innovator in aerospace travel by some miracle. Why is it that these institutions are not there yet? 
Well, you are right in the expectation that these would-be world leaders, these are very large institutions, and as it turns out, quite a few of them, especially the large ones they have, are indeed built into the way that they function, how they improve their operations. You, you spoke about ESCOM, for example, and ESCOM has always done R&D of a nature which allows them to more efficiently utilize the business operations that they have always had. Now, they also do have, uh, well, they had areas of research in green energy and so on, but I should actually say that you know, years ago that got split off into uh, another SOE. In fact, Sanedi does a lot of the, that kind of research, the sort of new energy research, mm. if you like. Now, we can't really pin down exactly why this is the case, but what we did observe also is, you know, this was also the time when um, there were some governance issues at many of the SOEs, and it wouldn't be too surprising if that had an impact on the operations of the, uh, well, the, of the people at the various state-owned enterprises. So one thing that we do need to mention, which was significant, was that the SA government had a very large project in electricity generation involving nuclear um, reactors, the Pebblebed Modular Reactor, which also shut down at the time of the uh, mortgage crisis, which was around 2009, 2010, if you like. And that actually significant quite dramatically on the level of R&D that was done by SOEs as a whole. And subsequent to that, over the years, they have not really been able to uh, come back to those levels mm. that had, um, well, that had uh, been the case in the past. Uh, let me ask this. What has to go wrong in governance for R&D to be mishandled? Well, I can't really say, you know, but one thing that um, SOEs have always had is that they report in their shareholder compacts on certain indicators, which uh, is, well, that's one way that one can ensure good governance of the SOEs with their parent departments. And one of the indicators that was indicated for those SOEs that did R&D was to talk about the R&D expenditures and also about the uh, researchers, you know, the levels of R&D personnel and what we did notice when we originally did the research way back was that uh, some of the SOEs, not all of them, but some of them um, had stopped reporting on these indicators, which uh, raised some concern because, you know, these are agreements between the SOEs and the governance structures uh, within, uh, the, within the government. Yeah. So that's one thing that we noticed. But we should also look at the fundamentals as well, which is probably much more um, of interest. It's really about the number of people that you have available to do R&D mm -hmm. and to support the researchers and the engineers in the R&D. The very technical skills that we also require, these are all things that are required for us to be able to do uh, well, perform yeah. well in R&D, even at SOEs, and I think maybe especially at SOEs. Yeah. R&D doesn't always have a direct impact on the bottom line. We often hope it does, right? We often hope it becomes mm -hmm. a, a, a contributor towards the profit-making engine of an organization, um, but there's no guarantee that it will. Um, given that, 
it seems natural that when SOEs become financially distressed and going to cost-cutting me- uh, measures, that that might be the first place they start cutting costs. Is that what has happened, and what has been the impact of that? Well, I can't answer you directly on that, but um, that may be what happened. It does not necessarily have to be the only thing that happens, because the type of R&D that the issue is done is what's called uh, applied research. And this is research that provides, well, it's research actually geared at or aimed at um, improving existing processes that they have. So most SOEs have a service function. You know, that's part of, that's the biggest part of their mandate. You know, and some of them may be able to um, also uh, function towards profit motives. But when you have a service function primary, then you really need to keep those services going. And if R&D and perhaps innovation is part of that process, then it can raise problems when you cut the R&D and the other activities related to those things. Yeah. Talk to us about the policy dialogue on research and development that is taking place. It's happening uh, tomorrow. What conversations are expect, uh, should be emanating out of that? Well, exactly the kinds of questions that you have been raising right now, for one. So what we have managed to do is we have gathered interested parties from different uh, areas. We have uh, policy specialists uh, in the TSI and also the Department of Public Enterprises, as well as some other government departments, especially those uh, SOEs, um, which were uh, highlighted in the study. And then also we've invited some of these SOE executives and and people of that area. So it's at uh, a level which is um, perhaps uh, designed to be at a executive level or, you know, or senior government official level. But we also will have, uh, hopefully, we hope to have many of the R&D managers and the specialists attending the event tomorrow. Of course, there's also the team of researchers at the edges of sea that will be presenting yep. on the findings. Is this just another talk shop or is there something substantive to come out of this in the form of a contribution to a discussion paper, a white paper or uh, yes. policy recommendations um, that can perhaps reshape and reconfigure research and development in our SOEs? Well, certainly that is what we would hope for. So that's really the domain of the uh, DSI who we work closely with, and we have worked closely with for many years on this topic, and at the last um, instance of the research that we reported to them, there was a cabinet memo that was presented and, uh, and um, to the, well, to government and also a cluster meeting where the research was presented, and I think the DSI, I can't really speak for them, but certainly the DSI would like to highlight this, and then also um, perhaps put into the shareholder compacts uh, indicators for reporting on innovation within SOEs. Yeah. The idea that comes from the white paper, the new white paper on science and technology that um, has a decadal plan associated with it is to actually regenerate SOEs, as I said earlier, as a locus of, of uh, uh, new economic development uh, sustained through innovation and R&D, and also to use them as a nexus for capability growth. Yeah. And just finally, how long will those run for? And 
um, for any interested party? How can they perhaps listen in, participate? Is there such an opportunity? Yeah, yes, there would be. So the uh, seminar will be held in Pretoria physically, you know, and there will also be an online um, version which uh, anybody can attend. I think we start at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, so you're welcome to register just before that. And, you know, it should be straightforward. There's no, uh, no attendance fee or anything like yeah. that for people who uh, like to. How do they go about attend. registering for attendance? Um, I don't have the site on, you know, the uh, site, but if you Google exactly the title of the um, the, the uh, engagement, then there should be a link that pops up for the event. I don't have it with me, unfortunately, right now. Okay. Not a problem. We'll get Lisiko to find that and we'll broadcast it. I really do appreciate your time, Dr. Nazim Mustafa, uh, and enjoy and all the best. I was very happy to thank you, Oliver. Have a good evening. Same to you. It is 9 o'clock. Time for your news with Greg Hose.